I'm Rachel Poli with Ari Meglin, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast. We're on episode 90, and this week's question is a little different, but kind of similar to last week's. We're asking a little more personal question as we ask, who is Ari Meglin? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show. And if you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like. Okay, so let's talk about Ari. What what's what are some like nasty things we can say about her? <laughs> As my chair squeaks. That is so mean. That is so mean. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Guys, Ari and I met on our blogs, I don't know, years ago. And we, we spoke through our blogs for a while, and then we spoke through Twitter, and then she started the, the hashtag MaryWriterGame on Twitter, and I somehow got roped into that, and thus it turned into a podcast, and here we are. So Ari is probably, you know, one of my best friends, even though we've never met in person. So it's only fitting that we finally get to learn a little bit more about the original host of The Merry Writer. Ari Meglin. So I'm going to go right into it. Stop giving me those big eyes. There's nothing to be afraid of. I am not a headlight. You are not a deer. Tell us a little bit about you. <laughs> Seriously, it's so weird. We do this podcast every week and talking about ourselves is just terrifying. It's like literally I've got like goosebumps and <laughs> the shakes from it. I, no, no, seriously, I have to say we just finished recording my episode, which came out last week, and um, I was feeling the exact same way. But of course, now that it's over with, I'm like, ha ha, you're under the spotlight. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Oh, no. Yeah, we're, we're not good at talking about ourselves. It's horrible. It, it's no, no. No, but, but we're okay, like, cheerleaders, so it's fine. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Go ahead. <sighs> Let's start with something simple. I am an English lass, in case you hadn't figured out from the accent, though I do actually currently live in Northern Ireland. I am an introvert, a big old introvert. I try and avoid people and crowds and shopping and chores, just lots of things where I might be meet other people. Uh, I did get out of my nine to five rat race and I now run my own business, allowing me to work, you know, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. So that's awful. But hey, I work for myself. It's awful, people, seriously. So yeah, when I'm not writing or podcasting, uh, I do try and tackle my TBR pile. It doesn't work. It usually consists of possibly reading a book or starting a book and then going out and buying more books. That's how I deal with it. I do try and mess around in my garden. It's kind of a bit of a wild place. Um, that's just how I like it. I like it wild and dangerous. That sounds pretty touchy, doesn't it? I like it wild and dangerous. We are talking about the garden. Just to keep that. That's keep saying it. I'm not editing that out. <laughs> um, I have a habit of rescuing animals. I seem to be on call for everybody who's ever met me in case they come across a, an animal or a bird or something that's been injured or abandoned or anything. I seem to be the person to call. Um, I also collect coloured pens obsessively, so, you know, some people might say. I drink way too much tea, as you probably know from this podcast. Me and Rachel have a bit of a tiff going on about coffee and tea, and we all know tea is better. And I also watch a lot of bad movies, purposefully. I don't know why I do that, but yeah, I, I do that. So. 
Coffee is superior to tea, but also I understand watching bad movies. They're fun to make fun of. So they're enjoyable in their own right. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Also colored pens. So you can't go wrong with colored pens. You can't go wrong with notebooks. You can go wrong with drinking tea. You can't go wrong with messing around in the garden. No matter how wild you get. I'm going to, I'm still keeping that in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's, that's really amazing that you were able to get out of your day job and start your own business. And that, like, cause how long have you been running your own business? Uh, 10 years, obviously it started very small because I made so many mistakes for like the first four years. Cause you, you know, learning, learning while doing. So I still had my, my job while I was running the business um, and also doing a degree because, you know, you might as well put all the pressure at one time. And then when we moved over here and I moved to Northern Ireland, it was an opportunity where I was able to not work a nine to five and then start putting more effort and more intensity in the business. So that's uh, that's kind of what I did. OK, but it's like amazing that it's like lasted this long not to sound like a jerk but like so many people like and that's not, no shade against you but it's like so many people they start something and then they either like get sick of it or they get overwhelmed by their mistakes or something like that and then they just but because your business is thriving right now yes at so the time of recording this like you've you have <laughs> been overwhelmed with orders and stuff like you're so that's so that's great we get you put your link to your shop down below right We'll do that. We'll do that at some point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's overwhelm her even more, guys. Go buy from her shop. She's got some great I stuff. Find, I did find that funny, though. He said, like, as the time of recording, that is so true because it's so, everything fluctuates so quickly and it's like one month will be brilliant and then another month will be like, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to afford to pay my vendors and things like that. So it's, uh, it, is quite, it is quite interesting that. I didn't mean that in a bad way. Like at the time of recording this, it is the holiday season, but it spiked like a few months ago, your orders. Yes. Yeah, September so, went crazy. Yeah. So that's uh, excellent. Good for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I put a lot of work in. Stressful. Which you is, have, honestly, you I'm not joking when I say that I, you know, I work eight till nine. It's like I work most days of the weekend it's you know it's like you do get to use your own hours you'll make your own hours it doesn't mean you have like oh i can only do two hours a day it's like no 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 there is so much to do because you're wearing so many hats so yeah and i haven't done my taxes this year yet so that's not good so yeah that, that's kind of lurking in the back of my head that i need to do my taxes anyway i digress so i'll just stop talking now but in addition to running your shop you're also a writer so why don't we go into that? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your writing? It lives in a dusty corner, um, starving to death. I am very good at neglecting it. It's, uh, you know, if there was welfare protection for writing, I would be charged by now, definitely. But, <laughs> but no, I, uh, I, when I write, I predominantly write traditional fantasy and preternatural pre starting again i write predominantly traditional fantasy and preternatural urban fantasy so that means obviously i'm dealing with a lot of magic a lot of in-depth world building and in the sense of the preternatural fantasy that's gonna 
be including, you know, vampires, shifters, gargoyles, goblins, and everything. And to be fair, I started writing all that before Twilight was even written. So I um I feel like I I didn't start the trend, obviously, because a I'm not published with that, and b there's always been that sort of stuff before that. But I've had people say like, "Oh, you write vampires like Twilight." It's like, are you kidding? This stuff was written started way before Twilight ever came out so no no maybe she copied me I doubt that because as I said haven't been published and I don't have sparkly vampires so we'll just pass that by uh, most of what I write is adult that always sounds so dodgy because obviously it's just a bad term but I mean adult in the writing sense sometimes new adult but to be honest uh, yeah I, I tend to stay away from YA and NA and just stick to more adult I am currently working on my fantasy trilogy The Blessed I am trying to stay on that normally I bounce between that and my preternatural urban fantasy Dark Heart and another story called Shadow Blade and another one called um, uh, I think it's the Shadow Veil and Honestly, these are all working titles, by the way, because I haven't thought of titles yet properly. And I do bounce around, but I am trying and trying and trying to be better and just stick to one set of three books to write. <laughs> it doesn't always work, but that's that's what I'm trying to do. It's hard to stay within like just the one series group, however you want to describe it. Because it's like one of those things when you have too many ideas and then you start writing one thing, and even though you want to work mostly on that one project it's easy to get burnt out it's easy to run out of ideas and hit writer's block so then you're like well let me just write this other thing for a little while and then you get carried away with that project and then it just spirals out of control and that's why we're here <laughs> well that's it. i mean it's like if you ever get writer's block it's it's so easy to jump to another project it's such a bad habit but it's it's literally how I, I survived writer's block when I was younger. So I have like a dozen plus projects that were started because of writer's block because I didn't deal with writer's block correctly. I just went, ah, new project. <laughs> not good. Telling you all you new writers, you young writers, don't do that. It is it's not good. And also I have like the focus of a gnat. So you know, the moment a new shiny object of an idea comes up, it's like, oh, yeah, that. And, you know, it's like that. I just like pinball between stories. And I have in the past pinball between like eight different stories, which is why none of them are finished. So. <laughs> so, yeah, don't do that either. That's really bad. That's really bad. <laughs> but to be fair, when you get a new idea, you have to write it down. Yes. Or else you're going to lose it. And if you have the momentum for it, you might as well roll with it. Right? I think, yeah, because I don't have, I never used to get like ideas where it's like, oh, I have an idea for a character. I have an idea for this. My ideas would come as scenes, which is how I write. I write as scenes, not chapters. So it would come as like a, a single scene. And I wouldn't have any idea who these characters were, or what they were, where they came from, or where they're going. Just it would just be a little scene. I'd walked into the movies and seen a little bit that was happening, and then walked out again, and I had no idea what that movie was about. So I would write my idea down, but it would include dialogue and description and pro, you know, and it would all be like part of a story. And then I would build from that <laughs> rather than you know writing an idea like. Right, I see a character doing this and this character looks like this. It would just be written as a scene, like I was writing in the middle of a novel. That's how it would come. 
and then I would just carry on until the next shiny came along. God, that's so bad. Why am I doing, you know, advice for writers when I'm so bad all the time? Rachel, what am I doing? I think what am I every, doing? But I think like every writer is bad in their own right. Not to sound like a jerk. Sorry, all of you who are listening to this, but I think that's just like in the nature of a writer. We are are on paper, our words flow well for the most part after editing, but we're all kind of bad at writing because we easily get distracted. We have too many ideas and then we we hop between our books and stuff like that. So yeah, it's not just, I mean, who, writing or not, who in their right mind should be giving advice about anything at any time? I mean, you can, you can be an expert in something all you want, but your experience is vastly different from somebody else's experience. So that's why we usually in a lot of these episodes, we tell you guys to take our advice with a grain of salt, because this is just how we deal with things or our experience. And if it works for you, great. If not, nah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, it's kind of any advice should always be a case of this is how it works for us. Try it. If it doesn't move on. Uh, and also we share our mistakes, many mistakes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's funny that you mentioned how your ideas come in like scenes and um, oh crap, what's the word I'm looking for? Detailed. It's funny that you mentioned that your ideas come in the form of detailed scenes and that's how you write them out. I get ideas like that too. I have dialogue ideas. I have character thoughts. But instead of writing out the scene, I just do bullet points of what happens in the scene. Because as we all know, Ari writes in scenes and I can't do that. <laughs> I have to write in chapters and I have to write it in order. So there's another fun fact about our differences when it comes to writing. But since you carry on so many different projects and you, you've been like hopping between one over the other, what are your hopes for the future in terms of your writing? I finish. <laughs> I think it's that's just got to that point. Yeah, it's just that that's it. Just 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 finish would be good. just more. I'm about to finish like from start to finish the whole story. Just that would that would be helpful. Uh, I, honestly, I don't know anymore. It's weird when I first started writing decades ago because I'm very old these days I had a very clear idea I wanted to get published I wanted to be published before I was like 21 <laughs> completely missed that me too um, but wanted to get published by one of the big um publishing houses you know obviously this was before so, um, self-publishing people this was not a thing available to some of us you know years and years and years ago and yeah, I wanted to be a full-time writer and I wanted to be published by it, traditionally published and all things like that. And it's really strange. I am not sure anymore. Um, I mean, obviously I did move away from traditional publishing. And I've done a lot of research about that. And especially nowadays, what you get uh, traditionally publishing compared to self-publishing, it's not as impressive as people think. You still have to do a lot of the stuff. You lose a lot of control. They can make changes on how the story ends, things happen to the character. And I'm not big on allowing people to take control of things I really like. I'm not a big fan of that. So, yeah, 
but even even the idea of publishing is like I think I probably will still publish I don't think I'm driven as much to be like a full-time writer you know maybe it's because I run my own business and I'm busy enough with that but the idea of, of, of forcing the writing to come so intensely to keep up, to make sure that there's always money coming in and that, you know, like all the intensity about marketing and sales. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not as, as driven for that anymore. Um, I think I'll publish. I think I'll post stuff out. I think I'll tell a few people about it. I don't think I'm going to be putting as much intensity into buy my book, buy my book kind of feeling you know to, in order to become a full-time author and making sure i get enough sales to keep that wage going i don't i don't think i'm as as driven for that anymore i don't know it's kind of ending got a bit of a <laughs> no that's totally fair because i and i can i can relate to that because i feel the same way when i first started writing i wanted to be a full-time author and i wanted to publish like so many books and all that fun stuff and then i like when I got to that point and I finally self-published something, I realized I really don't, I want to get my work out there, but I don't want to throw it in people's faces. I just want to be like, hey, here's a cool thing I did. Have at it. If you want to read it, great, whatever. But for the most part, I don't want creative writing to become a job. If, you know, so it's, it gets to a point where, if you're doing that 24 seven, you can easily get burnt out and then you start to resent it a little bit. And I don't want that to happen. So I, I agree with that. Like, it'd be great if you could, if you self-publish um, like all of the work that you're working on, but I totally understand not like throwing it in people's faces or really like hardcore marketing it, just put it out there and be like, this is what I've been working on for all of these years. If you decide to read it, hope you enjoy it. If not, I, I still have bragging rights. I did it. You're doing it for yourself. That's what I'm trying to say. You're doing it for yourself, not for others. Well, that's it. Yeah, it's because obviously, because I run my own business, I already have to do a lot of marketing. So I know a lot of marketing techniques and everything. And just keeping up with things, just keeping up with algorithm changes, um, you know, differences in trends and everything, it's tiring. And then on top of that, obviously the idea when I was younger it was a full-time writer but if you think about what that actually is that is someone who generates enough income from their written work that they are able to you know it gives them a salary and they can pay their bills and everything like that but obviously that's some of it is passive income so you've made the item it's it's out there and you know it'll generate revenue hopefully but even books have been out there for years you know revenue doesn't stay high it's like it's, it's big at the beginning when it comes out and then it tails off you might still get money but it's not a constant thing that's why most authors will produce more work and more work but say you had a really bad um writer's block say you had a bad event in your life and something happened and you just didn't have the you know mental or emotional time and, and energy to write more and you took a sabbatical for a year it's like how many people make enough from their writing to be able to do that and be like that's okay I've got enough stored away to pay my bills for a year or six months or whatever or even just a couple of weeks you know you could throw off your deadlines and I don't know yeah it's <laughs> I don't know this is this is a really weird episode it's like yay writing but also not. 
no oh it's I, true I, though yeah it's i don't know it's the writing the love of writing is always there even when i'm not doing it it makes me stress that i'm not doing it i think chasing the dream of being a full-time writer isn't what it used to be that's the difference and i'm seeing that now so that is not my goal i would love to be a full-time not a full-time i'd love to be a writer i'd love to be published i don't care for the full-time writer life no i don't think i care for that anymore that's totally fair because things change times change you change that's what's changed so many wrinkles no 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 (laughs) (laughs) so there you have it there there's all about Ari's writing she she will get self-published at some point in 2022 I'm making that statement right now (laughs) she's she's on mute but she's yelling at me um <laughs> don't you drag me into the, the next topic office. before ari can say anything <laughs> at all <laughs> me. would you be willing to share an obscure fact about yourself i'm just gonna throw that out there <laughs> change the subject before she can yell at me i i always uh hate questions like this because as soon as someone says can you tell me about yourself or a fact right then everything you know about yourself just go out of your head um <laughs> I suppose the only the only really weird fact that most people don't know about me and it's not it's nothing t- intense at all is I have a extremely severe and irrational fear of daddy long legs which is the crane fly we're not talking about the spider we're talking about the you know the little leggy fly that comes out of the ground and attacks you they definitely attack I 100% believe they go for your face you know and because I don't like killing things, including flies and things, I, it, it's very stressful because I don't like going near them to sort of brush them away. And I couldn't do that anyway because, you know, they might kill you. They're just terrifying. And I don't know why. I don't know why these very lights that you could, you know, blow and then poof, they'd fluff away. I don't know why they scare me so much, but they do. I, I think, you know, maybe in another life there was a plague of them and uh, I was overwhelmed. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, they are terrifying and when they see them on the window and they're staring at you with those beady eyes mm, no no see this is why i stay indoors a lot although i do go in my garden and that's probably why i, I get a lot because the garden's quite wild but yeah i don't go out when when they're around they come at a certain time of the year and i don't go in the garden which makes it more wild because i can't be bothered dealing with it but no horrible horrible creatures horrible there's that wild garden again can't control that thing. <laughs> no. I, although it's apparently, rational fear. Oh. <laughs> what? They can't, they can't bite you. They can't sting you. They have like nothing. They don't do anything. They die in a day. You know, they're like uh, a couple of days or something. But it's just they look. It's the look. They look horrible, and they go for you. Yeah. So I mean, so they exist. Yes. It's not irrational at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of want to look up a picture of them. Because when you said Daddy Long Legs, I honestly thought you were thinking of the spider. But I really don't want to go look up a picture of them just in case. Think about that spider. And like, because usually they hang like kind of upside down. Those like solo spiders. Have. Just sort of flip it give it spikier legs they kind of like raise up and then these horrible thin wings um 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe you guys don't have them. I don't know. Maybe you don't have them in America. But. I don't know, but I'm afraid that if I look it up and now that now I have this knowledge in my head, I'm going to step outside today and I'm going to see one. Mm, possibly. It depends because it's like when it gets weather gets cold, they, they just, you know, they're just dead. But usually, I think is it, I might be wrong because they feel like they're around all the time, but I think it's probably like August time. And I might be wrong, but I think they come out of the soil or, or out of the lawn. Oh. And there's a little lump and they'll pop up. I might be completely wrong. I think I did learn about them once to find out, you know, learn about your enemy. Keep an eye on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I might have got that mixed up because I do that. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a nope for me. <laughs> Any kind of like bug or spider like that, absolutely not. Yeah. That's just a nope. <laughs> okay, so on that note, um, I hope you guys can all sleep better knowing all about the crane fly and how terrifying it is. Um, But also, if you want to learn even more about Ari, you can check out her website at arimeglen.co.uk. That's A-R-I-M-E-G-H-L-E-N.co.uk. Don't be like me and accidentally make a typo on her last name like I did when she was a guest on my blog many, many years ago. And also, while you're at it, you can treat yourself to From Ashes to Magic, which is an anthology book that features one of Ari's short stories. In the meantime, if you guys have any questions you'd like to ask Ari, you can drop it in the comments below and she will answer you. I'm going to say that because she's still on mute. So she will answer you for sure. Definitely. She's got all the time. She doesn't She doesn't run a business. She's, she doesn't write. She's fine. Um, she's got to keep that garden in check, though. It's pretty wild. (laughs) Now I'm rambling again. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, if you guys enjoyed this episode and you want to get some extra content, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the Mary writer podcast for as little as $1 a month. You can get extra bonus content and support the show. It means a lot to us. And be sure to tune in every Wednesday for a new episode where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. podcast is brought to you by stuffed bookshelves our tbr files are huge the music titled inspired is by kevin mcleod licensed under creative commons 4.0